Welcome back to Boys and Ghouls Film Review, folks. I'm your host, Sarah Stevenson. This is my co-host, Mike Stevenson. Hi, guys. And tonight, we will be going back to the original, the one, the awesome cult classic, the best of the best, Star Wars, A New a- Hope, that was done, released in 1977. It's not a cult classic. It's just a classic, okay? Well, it's a cult classic. It's not a cult classic. It's hey, a it's classic. developed a fan-based. Everyone Get- likes it. Any... Who could not like the robots? Yeah. <clears throat> well, as I said before, we're just um. It's taken me a long time to get up my courage to review this one. Well, we see, we did Alien a long time ago when we first started doing the podcast, and we didn't think we'd go. We didn't want to go. Let's do another sci-fi franchise. So, yeah. So we thought it's appropriate. Now, isn't there a new uh, sci- uh, Star Wars thing you mentioned the other day? Yeah, Obi Wan Kenobi, but I'm not going to series. Yeah, I'm yeah, not going to yeah. dig into that. No, no. But the point is, it just raised our minds to the fact that we hadn't actually done anything with the Star Wars uh, yeah, so franchise. So I said, let's give it a go. Yeah, and we're not going to bring in or <coughs> drudge up the other spin-offs, um, reboot the spin-offs or the sequels or prequels or well, except for the one, two, well, the, three. Well, we'll probably we one day. Stick to the, we're going to stick to the main one. It's not the spin like Rogue One. We won't worry about that one and that sort of stuff. And yeah. But we'll do some of the other things. But we might. We're going to do this as probably a standalone review, and then we might group some of the others together. Yeah, we're going to. Um, we don't want to go one and say, "Well, we're going to do six uh, reviews <laughs> on Star Wars." No, no, we're not going to do that, do you? No. Yeah, we will probably <coughs> d- um, dabble. Do we will dive into the other two Star Wars: the um, Empire Strikes Back and uh, Return of the Jedi. So we'll just. So in the next couple of other reviews, yeah, know, we, we might group those together a bit. Well, we won't group them. We'll just do them separate <coughs> episodes at a time. Well, okay. Considering what are you do? how about the prequels, one, two, and three? We'll do those um, later on. Oh, we'll have we'll have a break. There we go. It makes it easy, doesn't it? Anyway, uh, okay. let's go dive into this one, and it's and it's a it's a DZ because this one, according to um, the to Mike here, he says that this was one, um, one George Lucas's other fur first films at the time. He did one, no, one of you, he did that THX something wrong. Uh, THX one one three eight. But this one. Wait a minute! Wait a minute! And he did American Graffiti, mm-hmm. and then he did this. Yeah. Anyway, mm. this one was pretty much. He was nervous when he made this one. Uh yeah, I would be too. I mean, with with um, the THX one one three eight, that I don't know. I think it was a low budget yeah, movie. And yeah. believe it or not, uh, guys, they George thought when he was going to do this movie, he thought it would be a flop the moment it hit the screens. No, he didn't think it was going to be a flop. He 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 didn't know how it was going to go. Yeah. He had trouble getting it together. Mm. People had no confidence in him, etc., etc., etc. He was hoping it'd be a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, but other people didn't have any comments in him, and mm-hmm. that will get on to some what I'm going to say later on. Yeah. Next, I'll say it now. This was <laughs> made in uh, the studios, uh, Est, uh, whatever, SD, whatever, S3, whatever it's called, in England. Yeah. Mm. Now, yeah. when we reviewed the Alien franchise... That was done in England, obviously. The that first was one. Done in England, and they had trouble with the... Studios in England, mm. they demanded their lunch breaks and coffee breaks on time, and this, that, the other. Mm. They had problems with mm. the, st- the crew. Yeah. Um, guess what? So did George. Mm. It's got something to do with the attitude of the English uh, people in the industry. Mm. We work to rule. 
We have got a union here. We'll walk out. We'll go on strike. What a great attitude for a crew. How the hell do you work? On, yeah, they said we mm. want to be finished by 5.30 yeah. every night. Yeah, as I was you saying know, about... No, saying. Mm. How do you run a movie? Well, mm. We did a, 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 your film there. We did a 24-hour shoot. <laughs> mm. And no one grumbled about it. You know? Yeah. Anyway, before, so before we continue on, as I said before, it was considered a flop. <laughs> And instead of sending the premiere, no, um, no, on the initial, that, the initial reception, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. George decided to go on vacation in Hal- in Hawaii with his best friend Steven Spielberg, where they came up with the idea of for da 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 Raiders of the Lost Ark. You know, oh. after they found out Star Wars became a success, shocker. Yeah. Yeah, now he he thought it was going to be a failure because initial response from the studios. Mm, yeah. They said, well, we don't know whether sci-fi is going to work, but it might make a yeah. few dollars and blah yeah. blah. And yeah. yeah, and the original mm. airing of it to the studios <coughs> about the actual special effects and stuff put into it, it came over pretty lame, and only Steven Spielberg liked it. Yeah, true. Yeah. But so, as yeah, a, he was a little bit nervous. But worried, as yeah. we've established, yeah. mm. um, you may have heard about this upcoming movie that's coming, being released. I'm not sure when. Um, well, re-released, I should say, because it was released a couple of times and it hasn't got, and not many people have viewed, seen it. Mm. It's called um, Five Seventy Seven. I mean, not Five Seventy uh, Five. Um, I don't know what the name of it, but I know for a fact it was. It's sort of ta- about uh, this famous act, this famous direct filmmaker named Pat Johnson, who viewed the Star Wars movie and it touched him. And a lot of, and I imagine a lot of other people who viewed Star Wars or Indiana Jones, but were both touched by how new and interesting the films and were. That's what happened with this movie. Yeah, that's one of the reasons why I like mm. when. Someone new like George or Steven Spielberg or Rob Zombie or George A. Don't you mention Rob Zombie? Or George A. Romero <laughs> or any of those filmmakers I mentioned in the past. They come up with something so new yeah. and that changes the way we it, it think changed, about yeah, filmmaking. Yeah, changes the industry a little bit. Isn't that the new guy, fresh ideas, fresh way of doing things, fresh concepts, whatever it is, it's, uh, it just changes the way the. Uh, industry's heading and maybe you could say breathe some fresh new life fresh, in the film uh, industry fresh, uh, fresh new life new blood to mm-hmm. speak so to speak anyway here we go go on okay star wars blah blah episode four we've mentioned that before soap opera now produced by lucas film under uh, gary kurtz's uh, uh yeah we can uh, Using Gary Coates, yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh, directed by George Lucas. Written by George mm. Lucas. Surprise, surprise. Um, I won't go into too much in this, but mm. there's a few little things. Mm. Obviously, those of you who are into the, into the franchise know it was the first movie, but it was actually... The fourth. The fourth episode in the story. So they did four, five, six, and then one, two, three. But so... Uh, of course, he couldn't. The story was too long, and he made a, uh, a short version out of it, taken out of the middle of the story. Yeah. So um, that sort of puts that part into a little, ca- a little capsule. Uh, I won't go in a long time ago in, in the galaxy far, far away, but that I'll talk about it in production notes later on when it comes to production design. Mm. Um, yeah, uh, the film did take place in Tunisia. Mm-hmm. Tunisia, that's over in the Sahara Desert. Wow. And 
Elstree Studios in England, as I mentioned before, uh, and Lucas George had to make um, Industrial Light Magic because the production, uh, the studio he was attached to was scanning down the special effects department, so he had no one to do his special effects, so he had to make his own special effects, but that's why he made mm. Industrial Light Magic. Mm, that's true. Because the studio couldn't help him. Mm, that's a shame. Yeah, funny, though. Eh? Um, now... I've got, usually got lots of other good groovy things here, and I haven't actually put all the stuff in here. Uh, I didn't put the uh, the budget and stuff in there. Uh, the budget was about 10 mil. Mm-hmm. Actually, I'll go to my other computer. Well, is that the, the first movie was made over 30 million in the domestic, in the box office. Now, overall, it made hundreds of millions of dollars. And, but mm-hmm. it was also the first movie to cross... 50 mil worldwide yeah. in the international release, whatever. I know. Uh, but like I said, uh, I didn't write down the the box office this one, but uh, but they made it for about 10 back in those days. Mm. But they made a mot. They made, I, I think it, was could be, it could have been four, five, six hundred million out of it. Because it became a blockbuster. It, it outdid Jaws and every other thing and all these well, other movies mm. who had previously broken the records. And you're going, what the hell? And yeah. he, and, and some people didn't have any confidence in it. Yeah, and bear in mind, Strange. guys, before Star Wars hit the big screen and before Alien, I should mention, um, the other sci-fi movies you may have seen would have been um, even B-grade movies well, at the time. Yeah, well, it, but about the same time you had uh, Stanley Kubrick's uh, 2001 Space Odyssey. Now, that wasn't too bad. That wasn't too bad. Now, but before that, mm-hmm. you had your, st- your tired old sets, the tired old plots, and nothing was happening, and the mm. sets were pretty basic. And, yeah. And they said, well, nobody wants to do sci-fi anymore. They're old hat. Yeah. Mm. And was, this is the 70s now. We're doing something else. Mm. Um, I'm sorry. Guess what? Sci-fi... Is alive and well, as is horror. Horror is taking new direction. It's 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 a lot more slasher movies going out yeah. there, but it's just changed a bit. And this was a change. Yeah. This was more. Oh, they, they call it a sci science fiction space opera, whatever. Well, mm. I'll take your word for it. Whatever. Yeah, space opera. What's a space opera? I didn't hear any bloody singing. La, 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 it's la. all over when the fat lady sings. Well, yeah. yeah. Oh, space opera. Give me a break. What it is to me, it's a sci-fi action adventure. Forget this crap <laughs> epic space opera crap. It's a space... I bet that was even hard to pitch to yeah, yeah. Um, producers. A sci-fi action adventure, and it fills all parts of that genre nicely. And mm. that's what it is. And that's... He wanted to bring... George wrote this... He's inspired by Flash Gordon and that sort of stuff, but he wanted to make it more real. Yeah. He wanted to bring it in, uh, take a holistic approach to actually putting the story together yeah. and make it more yeah. um, user-friendly Yeah, and remove believable. the um, spangled outfits yeah, yeah. and try and to wear something a bit more... Real. Real. Like, look, look at Han Solo. He could take that gun belt off, walk down the street, and no one knows him. Yeah, and I did like yeah, the yeah. um how um Obi Wan and Luke and some of the um other characters would wear um 
robes, like in like the um, samurai or the or any kind of um, religion, um, Japanese country, would take it and then make it into a new type of sci-fi clothing. Yeah, so they're trying to make it old and new at the same time, and that was part of the production. Well, Mike mentioned someone that that was going to play Obi Wan Kenobi, but he was a Japanese actor. Okay, I'll go through the cast now. Yeah, go on. Okay, right. Okay, here we go. We. Most of you guys have seen Star Wars. Yeah, I yes. know. So I'm going to go for the actors for those people who aren't into the franchise. Because a friend of mine died, died recently. He'd never got into the franchise movies. Mm, no, so he, he didn't. didn't see Star Wars. He didn't. I probably, he, might, he, he might have saw Rocky because he liked boxing. Uh, I don't think he saw Rambos. He didn't see this. Didn't do that. He missed out on all these good movies. So here we go. Mark Hamill plays Luke Skywalker. Our little hero guy. Yeah. Now, um... Other people who were going to put into the role were uh, yeah. uh, Robbie Benson, Will Selsa, and Charles Martin Smith. I cannot see Charles Martin Smith doing the job, even though I like him as an actor. Yeah, yeah. and Rob England, the guy from da da da, da Nightmare on Elm Street. Yeah, he was up, up for the role of Luke Skywalker. Really? No kidding, no joke. He wow. wanted to take part, but unfortunately, um, he was turned down and then suggested to his roommate, Mark Hamill, that he should try the, for the part. Ah, ah I didn't know that. Now you know. Okay, that's uh, something I missed out on. Okay, <laughs> Harrison Ford plays Han Solo. Mm. Uh, he wasn't going to be in <laughs> Because uh, George had worked with him on American Graffiti. Yeah. And what happened, I didn't want to use you again, but mm. he helped him during the auditions, doing the readings and telling people mm. uh, 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 how to read the parts yeah. and whatever. He assisted him. Oh. And what happened... Shut up. Go on. Just for once, let me finish the sentence. Okay. And what happened is, um, all these other people, <laughs> I'm going to give you a list. Mm, this will be good. These are pe- a, list, a list of some of the people who applied for the role. Kurt Russell, Nick Nolte, Sylvester Stallone, Bill Murray, Christopher yeah. Walken, Burt Reynolds, Jack Nicholson, James Caan, Robert De Niro, Al Pacino, Steve Martin, Chevy Chase, and Perry King. Yeah. Who actually did the radio plays yeah, later if on. If you can hear my voice now, go, I am rolling my <laughs> eyes as I speak. Later on. So all these people wanted to do the job. And oh, actually, gosh. in the end, Han, uh, Han Sol was played by Harrison Ford because he yeah. was... Um, you're so natural with it. Yeah, I cannot yeah. see Bill Murray or Robert De Niro or even um, Sylvester Stallone would Sylvester not work. Or even, think. or even, yeah, um, you know. from that matter, um, Christopher Walken might have Bill done Murray. It. I can't really see Bill Murray playing no, him. He's too comical. But Christopher yeah. Walken's not bad. He might have got away with it. Maybe, yeah. maybe, maybe. Anyway, but yeah. the other guys like, um, so, um, like. Um, my, um, Steve Martin. Um, uh, I can't yeah, yeah, see him. I've they're, seen him in yeah. um on the Muppet Show years ago, back in the old days, and I still think he's too comical. Yeah, yeah, he can't yeah, pull yeah. up being a cowboy. It, it, was, it wasn't a comedy. Yeah, so, yeah. He, he's I mean, not a comedy actor. I mean, I mean, now this isn't a comedy movie. This actor. Uh, uh, there's, a, there's comedy in it. Yeah, lighthearted bit. Lighthearted. Yeah. yeah. But but mm. Harrison Ford's character Han Solo, he's supposed to be um the the straight, but likable rogue. Yeah, and I can't up, yeah. see Steve Martin or Bill Murray playing the likable yeah, rogue. Anyway. I mean, ro- rogue um, yeah. is not really in their nature. Scuffy no further, doesn't it? Well, I like further. <laughs> That's coming yeah, out yeah, later. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, as yeah, I said... Before, okay, let's move along. Just yeah, moving on. Carrie Fisher plays Princess Leia. Now, uh, a lot of young actresses... Uh, well, I can't say actresses, can I? That's sexist now, the, 
uh, female actors, uh, including uh, Amy Irving, Terry Nunn, Sydney uh, Williams, uh, Linda Pearl, Karen Allen, and Jodie Foster audition. Now, Jodie Foster might have made it. Mm. I think I'm not. She gets more of a serious nature about it. Mm. Now, Carrie Fisher was cast under a special condition. Okay, this will be interesting. That you lose 10 pounds, 4.5 <laughs> kilos for the role. So you might have been carrying a little bit of weight from having oh, uh, too many nice luncheons or whatever. Yeah. Anyway, Peter Cushing, one of my heroes from the Hammer Studios, playing Grand Moff Tarkin. <whistles> I won't go into too much. He had these nice lean features, gave mm. him sort of slightly evil look about <laughs> him. Um, would have fought, huh? But the funny thing is Christopher Lee was considered for it as well. Wow. They have had, had both from the Hammer Studios. Both Hammer mm. and both English actors. Interesting, that. Think, and yeah. actually, Christopher Lee shows up in later movies. Mm. Ah. ah. Anyway, Alec Guinness, another British actor, plays Obi-Wan Kenobi. They were doing to trying to get as many relatively unknown actors into the movie, but they really? thought they're getting... Well, that was the Mark Hamill's and Harrison. Harrison Ford wasn't going to be in it, but he only had that sort of bit <laughs> role in American Graffiti and stuff, relatively unknown. Hmm. But um, Francis Ford Coppola thought they're getting a little bit too unknown. They needed a couple of names to bring people in. Yeah. So they, they said uh, they needed somebody with bigger names. So Alec Guinness was brought into it to give it a bit more um, credibility. Now, mm-hmm. Obi Wan was going to be played by an established actor. So they looked around and they thought Japanese actor Toshiro Mifun, I think is right pronunciation, Ooh. and he's been in a lot of samurai type movies. Yeah, can you imagine? Yeah. I no, can. Wait a minute. So, but he declined the role because he thought this sort of a movie might um, discredit the samurai uh, in reality. Uh, who he... Um, that's what he, he had a lot of belief in samurai ways and whatever ah. and their image in today's culture. And he, did, he thought this might take away from it, so he declined the role. And lo and behold, Alec Guinness got it. Hooray. And here's something. Alec Guinness was one of the people who thought this was going to be a corker of a movie, <laughs> so he didn't take a paycheck. Yeah. He said, I will take 2.5% of the, um, uh, the gross royalties paid to Lucas. <laughs> Now, it could have gone flat in his face. He could have gone and walked away with nothing, but he made a monster. So he was very happy. It was a very good career move. Yeah, well, um, um, a lot of people, aside from George, thought it was going to be... No, George um, didn't think it was going to be a flop. He just yeah. had a hard time getting it yeah, together. But he, some of the actors who were reading the script, you know, um, they um, had a hard time reading yeah. it because... And the crew didn't like it. Yeah. So <laughs> um, it, yeah. I guess some of the lead actors, mm. they tried to... Um, get George to slightly make a few changes to well, make sure that they can be able to say the they, lines they properly. They may have ad-libbed and changed some of the lines a bit to suit their, their style <laughs> delivering the lines. Uh, now, uh, Anthony Daniels plays C-3PO, the man in, in the, the suit. suit. Okay, uh, Daniels uh, auditioned. He didn't intend to use his voice. Ah, well, I think he did in, uh, later on. Mm. Uh, uh, Mel Blank and other people were asked to uh, go in there probably and do the voices. And I think Mel Blank thought, well, he's, he's voice suits it, let him do it. Yeah, I think I like so, that pompish, yeah. uh, not, not pompish, well, yeah. I mean, it, that very it, straight um, voice here, actress, it, actor. This is getting very pomp- uh, English 
actor heavy, isn't it? Uh, uh, Peter Cushing, Alec Guinness, Anthony Daniels. Uh, Uh, So, Kenny Baker. Now, I think he was English too. Well, won't let him go. He was R-T-D-T. R-T-D-T, dumbo. Out of the slip of the tongue. (laughs) Okay. And the funny part is, he he heard about it and he went to audition. He walked in the room. George looked at him and he says, he's got the role. He's the shortest guy I've seen. That's rude. That's, <laughs> well, they needed someone short to get in the robot suit. And he's, he's right size. Put, mm. Give him the job. Now, having said that, we get on to Peter Mayhew, who plays Chewbacca. <laughs> and <laughs> the, he's the other way around. You're sitting on the sofa. Um, I can imagine that. Waiting for the audition. Yeah, and Walt stands at 7 foot 3 inches tall, which is 2.2 metres. Uh, and you're sitting down there, and George Lucas walked in the door with his producer. And in good manners, oh. Peter stood up. <laughs> and George looked up at him and says, He'll do. <laughs> <laughs> that was it. He needed someone big and... And, and, and hairy. Tall, hair. <laughs> well, he wasn't hairy. Uh, I think we found him. <laughs> He's, he wanted a big guy, and he? And he he was a tall guy, like a basketball player almost. Mm. Now, David Prowse. Now, David Prowse, he passed away. Was it early, yeah. early this year, was it? Um, not early or, this or year, year, but not too long ago. Yeah, not too long. Um, yeah. Just so you guys know, um, you may remember him from when we were doing um, Vampire Circus. Yes, he, yes, yeah, he played the strong man, wasn't he? Yes, yeah. um, now, he was him. Yeah, well, David Prowse, he, he played the Darth Vader in the costume. It wasn't his voice. Uh mm-hmm. But he, he did quite a lot of bit pizzas yeah. like that behind, you know, that he didn't get a lot of credit for. Like in Vampire Circus, he didn't have a speaking role mm. and other things there. But he, he, he was in there doing things all the time. Yeah. Yeah. But mm. he played he, he played the, the figure of Darth Vader where James mm. Earl Jones was the voice. Now, before yeah. I leave this part here, they considered Orson Welles. Mm. But they thought his voice was too well known. Well, I'm sorry. When I first heard Darth Vader's voice, I thought I thought to myself, that's James Earl Jones, isn't it? So, wasn't he well-known as well? Mm-hmm, I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> Considering that this was back in the 1970s, so I don't even know how well-known he yeah. was. But David he Prowse did. couldn't do the job. He had a, he had a, a very heavy West Country English accent, yeah. and it wouldn't have worked. So, they had to do a voiceover. Yeah. I so, know James yeah. L. Jones now is really popular now, but yeah. I don't know what he was like back in the 1970s, so well, I can't really be safe. Yeah, I knew I'll his flip. voice. Yeah. Um, yeah, I knew his voice. I'm not quite sure there was a TV miniseries on oh, about yeah. Afro-Americans. Uh, what was it called? Yeah, there was. No, it's Afro-Americans. Yeah. Uh, about slave, slave, slaves in uh, America and stuff. Uh, what was it called? Mm. And I think he did the voiceover. He was writing about his family history. Okay. And he did the voiceover and he had some parts or whatever. And his vo- he had this very deep speaking voice. But yeah. And... He went, oh, what a great speaking voice. And, and, and I always remember that voice. Mending it, not mending. Go, um, one of those sort of things. I'll take your word for it, Mike. Um, uh, Roots, that's it, Roots, that's what it was. A TV, a TV miniseries. <laughs> Everyone talks about Roots and you forgot the no, name. No, I just couldn't remember. No, there's so many things in my head. Yeah, Roots was a, a miniseries. And he mm. did the, he, he was a writer writing about his family history where they came from uh, Africa and stuff, yeah. Mm. Anyway, um, having said all that, 
Have you done yet? I'm going to rate it now. No, no. Hey, we haven't even re- I haven't said talked about oh, the plot okay. yet, dumbo. We'll make it quick. Okay. <laughs> what? Okay. Okay. So, the story begins. A small spaceship is um, zooming across the galaxy. <laughs> and a star destroyer is chasing them. <coughs> a lot of... A lot of sending torpedoes at them in a horrible way. Bang. <laughs> yeah, a lot of the soldiers are ram- running around trying inside the small spaceship, spaceship <laughs> trying to get ready for the, for the enemy to take, you know, taking control of their spaceship. Yeah, <coughs> it's a spaceship, yeah, but, yeah, but our leading lady, Princess Leia. Mm-hmm. And she in, um, has some secret information that's... that's, that's the only way of them to fight uh, against the Death Star, which is a very bigger, bigger spaceship than this it's one. It's like a small moon. Uh, it had the blueprints of the uh, Death Star, mm. and she put it into a little, this little astro droid thing, <laughs> astro tech droid. Name uh, R2-D2. And, and she said, hey, go and find Obi-Wan Kenobi for me. Yeah. So him and a, a, um, a superior droid named um, C-3PO, they headed to a sort of space pod and they head down to Tatooine. (coughs) Princess Leia gets caught along with her other soldiers, which we don't see them again, technically. I like to think they were executed. Eh. Eh. (laughs) Whatever. And, anyway, Darth Vader interrogates one of them, choking their life out of them. He's always doing this, ch- technically. Oh, uh, yeah. Hey, we didn't use the force. He used his hand this time. <laughs> yeah, he's choked the life out of the guy. And I think that that one was where the actor um, who plays Chewbacca, who, who played in this scene, mm. to do the tall bits, right? Yes, possibly. Yes. To make it look like Darth Vader is not only powerful, but as a tall, dangerous individual, right? Yes, oh, very. Okay. Yeah. Anyway, um, we cross over to Tatooine. Um, well, before we get to Tatooine, Darth Vader is informed by um, his superior, his other um, lower lower rank guys to that the plans that were transmitted onto the ship have disappeared. So, um, but a few escape pods have been genocided. But there's no life forms on it. it. Must have been a malfunction. Yeah, but Darth uh, Vader doesn't uh, uh. think so. He thinks that the plants are on board those, on one of those. Go down, find it, and check it out. And Make no sure one I... will stop us this time. Type yeah, thing. Whatever. Attitude. <laughs> anyway, we then cross to Tatooine, where R2D2 and C3PO they go their separate ways after C3PO got angry at R2. Yeah, right. He wanted to go one way, and he wanted the other guy, C3PO, wanted yeah, to go another way. Yeah. And they met up a few minutes later. The Jawas picked them up as... Um, yeah, and yeah. they plan on selling them to um, Owen. Anybody. Yeah, anybody. <laughs> but they found Owen. Yeah, Owen uh, Lars Owen and... Um, uh, Aunt and, Baru. And their nephew, Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. At first, they didn't, weren't going to buy the R2-D2 unit. It was, they were going to go for a red unit. Uh, yeah, he wasn't really good. But he had a bad motivator. <laughs> he just didn't want to work. Hmm. I've got a bad motivator every morning. <laughs> What's the matter? Yeah, so... I have trouble getting out of bed. So Never they end up paying extra to play, pay for R2-D2 to become their new <laughs> droid. Any extra, they just swap it over. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And anyway, anyway. R2-D2 and C-3PO are together once again. Yeah. They then get um, 
Luke to clean them, and Luke is um he's a, he's a he's a kid who just wants to do more with his life. He doesn't want to stay on he's, Tatooine. Yeah, he wants what, to go out and become a Rebel Alliance soldier and yeah, stuff like that. He, but he's working on a farm with his uncle and aunt. They're moisture farmers. Yeah, not it such is a, a good desert life. planet, so they, they so yeah. there must be high. High demand for water, yeah. Yeah, try it right. Mm. Anyway, while um, Luke is cleaning the droids, C-3PO is telling him about how they were involved in the Rebel Alliance, and Luke was excited when he hears this. Oh, goody! But, of course, C-3PO says, I'm not much of an interpreter. I don't really go around telling stories or anything like that. He does later in the series. <laughs> he learns. He walks. Anyway, um, while he's cleaning R2, he, somehow he stumbles across a hologram message. From, from yeah. Princess Leia. She's pretty. Yeah, yeah Luke right. thinks so. <laughs> anyway, um, C-3PO doesn't recall who she is or refuses to tell Luke anything. No, he didn't know anything. He, he, he said, oh, some dignitary on our, hmm. yeah, on our spaceship. Yeah, yeah. and R2-D2 um, says he can't give out the whole message and he suggests that to remove the straining bolt that's on his um, shorting box. shorting out his circuits a bit. Yeah, so he, Luke proves it, and um, but somehow the message doesn't reappear. Yeah, no, he got that R2-D2 was telling a fib. I didn't know robots could lie, but he told yeah. a lie. Luke yeah. gets called in by his aunt for, for, dinner. for dinner, and C-3PO says, hey, just you wait, you've been um, do, sending that message up. And C-3PO, I mean R2-D2 says, that he likes me. No, And he says, no, he doesn't like you at all, and I don't like you either. <laughs> I like you. And he talks with a little whistle, going... I love the whistles. And everyone seems to know what he's talking about. I sometimes can tell. How the hell would you? Yeah. Actually, I read, I read I somewhere no that Kenny, the, ro- the Kenny, the actor, he was offered to speak as another speaking robot in this movie. I wanted that. But um, they decided to not, not get him to speak. Just put in the whistles and Beeps yeah, yeah. instead. You know what? He couldn't see very good in that either, you know. Mm, I heard that. <laughs> oh, didn't they say um, later on, when they were during lunch, a lunch break, they forgot he was in there and he was smoking a cigarette and, and they thought like reading a comic book? But he's having a, a cigarette or a cigar and he's reading a magazine or something or a book inside the the uh, these costumes so he would have to worry about getting out. <laughs> yeah, so meanwhile, um, uh, funny people. so Luke is inside with um, his aunt and uncle talking and he talks about how the R2-D2 unit had a message that said something about an Obi-Wan Kenobi and he was thinking about Ben Kenobi, oh, an old, old hermit. hermit of yeah. course, um, Owen... He decided he, he and uh, and Baru seemed to know something and decided to say so they're he, not saying anything. They're yeah. keeping it. Nah, yeah, nah, they nah, just nah. say um, that he's just a, Ben Kenobi was just a crazy old man and he wants. I mean, um, Owen wants um, Luke to take the robot. I mean, down to um, Anchory uh, um, to have wherever. its memory erased wherever. because yeah. now that the robot belongs to them. So, but. Then Luke says, "What if some? What if Obi Wan comes looking for him?" And he says, "He won't because he died the t- the same time as your father did." Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, and another lie. Yeah. Anyway, Luke thinks the droids will work out, and then he says to Owen that if the, about their agreement about him staying one more season and then going off to the academy, the um, Air Force Academy. Yeah, yeah, he wants. To, yeah, he wants to be like. Uh, <laughs> 
whatever. He wants to be a pilot. A pilot, fighter, whatever. And, whatever yeah. But yeah, his yeah. uncle says um, he needs him for the harvest. Mm. And one more season. And one more season. And once he gets more hands, then he can probably go to the academy next year. Yeah. But Luke is less enthusiastic about it. He doesn't believe it. he's going anywhere. Yeah. He then walks off to clean, continue cleaning the droids. And Bruce t- asks, tells Owen he, he, he can't stay here forever. Most of his friends have gone, meaning they've gone off to the academy or something. Or somewhere else, yeah. And, Hollywood, yeah. And Owen <laughs> says, I make it up to him next year, I promise. And Bruce says, Luke is just not a farmer, Owen. He's got too much of his father in him. And that's what rose Owen. Yeah, because he knows his father. Yeah. No, don't go there yet. Is not dead. Anyway. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> then we see a shot that's famous all over the world for where we see Luke standing at looking at the, sun, the twin the, sons. Going down behind his head there. Yeah. That's a good shot. It's I, my actually, favorite shot. Actually, it's, I must admit, when these guys, directors... DAPs, the prop guys, and the, everything else. You guys don't figure out scenery. When they get it, and it looks so real. So beautiful. Yeah, and beautiful. Wow. A lot of work involved. Yeah. Carry yeah. on. So Luke heads back inside, and he, has his, um, um, he then sees C-3PO, and C-3PO tells them that R2-D2's run off, and oh, okay. meaning he's continuing to do his mission. He's on his quest. To find Obi-Wan Kenobi. Uh-huh. Yeah, of course, it's getting dark and there's no chance of finding them, so they have it's to wait dangerous and, yeah, for Sam people. Bad neighbourhood. Yeah, yeah Sam people, people, you know. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, they make plans of doing it the next morning. So um, Luke and C-3PO, they head on to the speeder and head towards the sand dunes, I think. To oh, yeah, more to towards meet. where Ben lives. Yeah, that area. yeah there they find um, R2 and R2-D2 tells informs them that there are several creatures approaching them. Sand people things. Very creepy sand people. Yeah. And they attack very badly. <laughs> yeah, very creepy. That's all funny. They really do. And they attack Luke and he was badly, he brutally, badly unconscious. And see, and Sartu's hand is ripped off. Or le- I mean, his, oh, his arm. arm fell off. You know, yeah. He, yeah. he wasn't put together very and well. You know. They're about to steal from the speeder when we hear a weird sound. <laughs> yeah, whatever. We see a, flu- a hooded figure approaching. Waving his arms around like a, cre- a creepy creature. The mm. sand people quickly scurry away, and the creature approaches Luke. He checks his his wrist to see if he's still breathing, and he then. S- Moves his hood, and we see it's Obi Wan Kenobi, or well, an old man, obviously. And he tells the droid that uh, hello, and um, to come. To we talk don't to tell him everything. You can't say Sorry. the Luke's guy went for a pee. Shut up. Just, yeah, yeah, anyway, it's a long movie. He then <laughs> Luke revives, and he t- and Obi Wan tells him. I mean, Ben Kenobi, I should say tells him that he's Obi-Wan Kenobi and he did own a droid one time he in his life. He didn't own a droid. No, he didn't recall owning a droid, he yeah. said. Mm-hmm. He didn't know. Oh, it's very strange. I never <laughs> recalled owning a droid. Yeah, it seems. Anyway. Mm. But he, he had a message for he it. He then takes mm. Luke, C-3PO and Naruto back to his mm. place where he gives um, his own story of what the Clone Wars was all about. Yeah, yeah. And how Luke's father was um, part of that. And he was killed in the Clone Wars. Yeah, even though Luke was given a yeah, back a different story <laughs> about how his father worked on a spice freighter, not a, in mm. the war. Mm. 
but yeah, they'd want you to know what happened really. Yeah, and hiding the truth. He then Obi Wan gives Luke um, this awesome weapon called a lightsaber, which is like a laser sword. Yeah, it looks mm. pretty groovy. I want one. I would have loved. You it. had one, didn't you? A plastic one. Mm, it was pretty cool. <laughs> but I would have loved the real deal. Yeah, me too. Anyway, mm. we then ca- cut to. Um, he then tells Luke about how his father died. He was killed by a, um, a, Jedi, a Jedi knight named Darth Vader who went to the dark side. Yeah, and he killed your father. And he talks about how Another the... lie. Yeah, and he tells um, Luke about the Force, how the Force is a sort of magical power that's all around you. Binds the universe together, that sort of stuff, yeah. Now we cut to the message. The message that um, c 3 is... Ca- I mean, actually, he's just carrying... And this one is set, and this time we get the full message where, uh, where Princess Leia informs Obi Wan that 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 they're in need, desperate need of him, and that this droid, the C three R two D two unit, has all the information to in order to destroy the, the Death Star. Death Star. And they need to get this information to her father on Alderaan. Yeah. Now move yeah. along. Yeah, Obi-Wan <laughs> suggests to Luke that you must learn the ways of the Force and accompany me to Alderaan. I can't do that. Yeah, Luke has realised that he's yeah. letting personal, um, his, his, his family... Um, he wants to do the right thing, but yeah, uncle... He wants Owen to do the right thing Peru, with his family, yeah. but he... He wants to get away at the same time. Yeah, and, but he re- Obi-Wan says, you must do what you think is right, of course. And anyway... Meanwhile, back to the Death Star, and then we're... Tuscan is inf- talking about how he's going to um, um, kind of crush the rebellion in one swift mm-hmm. stroke and has this horrible plan of manipulating Princess Leia into revealing where, where the, the rebel, rebel lines is. is. I won't go into details there. Then we cross back to Luke and Owen, uh, I mean, uh, Obi-Wan, where they find the, the, the Jawas. Jawas. Um, all um, Yeah, and their transport totally destroyed. They assume... Or at least Luke thinks it's assumed that it's sand people, but it's actually done by stormtroopers. Yes. The stormtroopers found the skate pod and have used their brain smarts to assume that they were sold to Jawas, and then those Jawas sold them to Owen and Beru. And they traced them anyway, and they went to visit yeah. Uncle Owen and Beru. So yeah. Luke and goes there and finds the remains of them in the farm. Burn out. Right, now yeah. move on. <laughs> now Luke realizes that there's nothing holding him back, so he take, goes with Obi Wan to Mos Eisley Spaceport. Because they're going to get a transport there to take him to Alderaan. Yeah, so they head down there, and I love that these extra scenes were really cool when well, they did it in nineteen seventy. Yeah, they did a um, <coughs> what do you call it? The written number issue. What do you call um, it? Remastered. Uh, remaster about twenty years later, and twenty years. Yeah. They, and they actually put in some extra footage and stuff, and it could, which they couldn't do originally because they didn't have the technology for it. Mm-hmm. So cool. they turned up quite nicely. Some people think, oh, no, they ruined it. I don't think so. Me neither. No. Anyway, so then we then get them at, to the um, cantina, and this is where um, we get the famous um, ta- Tatooine song. The cantina song was on the radio back in those days. You old buggers like me have heard it, yeah. Yeah, it was on the radio just yesterday. Yeah. It was pretty cool. Yeah, the cantina tune from Star Wars, yes. Yeah, anyway, then 
we um, cross over and they meet Han Solo, who's offered to take them to Alderaan for a not so tidy, nice fee, uh, <laughs> ten thousand, um, uh, whatever's. Yeah. Well, I, I think it was. It's either ten thousand credits or ten thousand dollars. I'm not sure. He said, "We'll give you so much now at extra, so on, so we get there." <laughs> Seventeen thousand. Yeah. Wow, that's a lot more money. Ooh, so he wanted so he'd get lots of good groovy money out of it. Yes, yeah, so which he owes to Jabba the Hutt, as it turns out. The big slug creature. Sort of like a mafia leader, if you will. Well, pretty much. I think it was based on that sort of thing, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like a, 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 a mafia type or something, yeah. Yeah, which kind of fits um, dear old um, Robert De Niro when you think about this. Ah. Robert was not going to play a slug. Okay? No, but he would, probably would have fit in with dear old Han Solo. Yes. <laughs> anyway, back to the story. Um, so, um, Luke sells his speeder, and of course, we, it, it doesn't go so well. He doesn't get as much money as you want. You know, the new model just came out, you know. Mm. Actually, uh, he, he, got, he got enough. He got enough. Yeah. They, they got a little spaceship. Yeah, they yeah. go on to the Millennium Falcon, and of course, their reaction is less enthralled as my reaction whenever I see the Millennium Falcon. They call it a piece it's of a junk. junk. It's I a, don't even know why they call it a piece of junk. It's cool. It looks like it's got a few dents, a bit of rust on it. Yeah, I'll give me a break. But it's got it where it counts, in mm. the motor and mm. stuff. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. so soon enough, the stormtroopers appear. They got tipped off, I guess the word is. Yes. And you can't trust anybody. Yeah. yeah, and quickly they try to get away quickly, using special light speed that Han Solo has in his spaceship, which is pretty cool. Webbo. <laughs> Dawn. Yeah, meanwhile... Um, Tuscan is about to um, Tarkin, not Tuscan. Tuscan. Tuscan is a place in Italy. Okay, who? so anyway, Tarkin. he tells her, ask Princess Leia, where are the rebels? And he's got he plans on detonating, um, destroying Aldron if she does not tell him. So she tells him they're on Detuween or something. Well, I don't know where that is. And but instead of um, say fine we'll, we'll move on, he decides to k- destroy Aldron anyway, with the um, mighty Death Star. Well, nice sampling. <laughs> See, we can do anything. Wacko. Yeah. yeah, it was destroyed in seconds. Yeah. Yeah. Meanwhile, Obi Wan senses um, a great disturbance in the Force, where millions of voices are crying out in terror, and, and suddenly silence. Nothing. Which is tragic. Anyway, Luke is learning how to use Master the Force yeah. using his lightsaber. You can tell the whole story. Yeah. And of course, well, he did okay. It'd be a two hour podcast. Yeah, sorry. Okay. Anyway, they soon arrive at Aldron, or we think, we think, was where Aldron used to be. <laughs> and it turns out it was um, a mixture of rocks and leftovers. When you see a f- car flying past from space, you realise... No, no, no car? Oh, no, okay, not in this case. No, no. Speeder, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they realise that's where the planet used to be. Yeah, they also notice a, um, either a, sh- a, a TIE fighter, I'm not sure which one to type what it a is. A TIE fighter, a little square wings. Yeah, and they whatever, it starts area. heading towards the moon. But oh, there's no, TIE fighter's element. Whatever, little, little, uh, who cares? Whatever. little spaceship thing. Anyway, um, it heads towards this moon, but as it turns out, it's not a moon, it's the Death Star and it's a big spaceship. Mm. Yeah, but somehow, they, as they approach, get closer, they then realise that they're pulled in by the tractor beam. Right, Dan? Yes, I always thought it was called an attractor beam, not you know, like a tractor, not, but it's just called tractor beam. 
track their movements. Yeah. Anyway, um, they head to Yavin, the one of the moons, the Yavin yeah. moons, and there they were Very able good. to um, give the information they need to t- to tell about the Death Star in order to find a weakness. And the, and, the, and as we all know, there's this little exhaust fan port about. Two meters square. Too small. Very, very small. It's only weak place <laughs> mm-hmm. in the whole mm. schematic diagram they can find. They can shoot a couple of torpedo things down there, mm. and it'll go straight to the reactor and blow it up from the inside. Yeah. Ooh. Han and Chewie, now that they've done all they had to do, they've been pay well paid, and they plan on leaving the Rebel Alliance with their money in order to pay off their debts. And of course, they don't want to stick around for that. To he wants to be able to spend his money, but he has debt to score. He has yeah, to pay, a, a, a debt to pay off to yeah. go with the hut. Yeah, otherwise he might be killed next week. You know, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, um, Luke, who decides to stay at the rebels and fight for their cause, which yeah. is what he's been dreaming of. So, oh, he's a hero. So he heads on to one of the spacecraft, and R two D two is sort of his. Um, he's on board computer. Yeah, so yeah. they head off in with the, all the other s- s- um, fighters, and they start making their final final fight against the Death Star. Anyway, yeah, <laughs> big battle. They bang, only, bang, bang. There's only they only have like seven hours or mm. less than seven hours to do this because, but if by the time Yavin comes around the the I mean the moon the around Yavin, then the the Death Star plans on detonating. That planet. Yep. Bang. Yeah. Anyway, there's anyway, a nice big fight going on and everything, and, yeah. they, and they're trying to get in this yeah. little canyon thing. Well, they call it canyon. Yeah. Uh, yeah, while this is happening, Darth yeah. Vader in his shuttle, accompanied by yeah. two other pilots, he plans on gunning down the remaining fighters, which and he does. He guns them down, even kind of guns down the, the captain in charge yeah. of that, of the groups. Yeah, anyway. And just when we think Luke's going to get knocked off, yep. you get a big bang, and there is Han Solo with the Millennium, Aluminium Falcon. Millennium Falcon, that dummy. Aluminium Falcon. Yeah. And, um, Before that can happen, <laughs> um, we hear a voice, Luke hears a voice saying, Use the Force, yeah, don't Luke. Use, don't use the, uh, the, the special ring. aiming computer. Use your gut feeling. Use yeah. the Force. Yeah, and which yeah. he does. And Darth Vader um, senses from Luke... That the force is strong with this one. Yes. Mm-hmm. And lo anyway, and behold, lo and behold, Han <laughs> shoots at um, the, the the two spacecrafts that um, were watching um, Darth Vader's ship, and he starts twirling yeah. into space. Yeah, Darth Vader's ship goes bing off in space. Yeah. So we can't say that they're star. We yeah. Sort of just Spiraling out of yeah. control. Quickly, the Death Star detonates. Luke actually set the torpedo. Yeah, he set the torpedoes off and... Just before they were getting ready to shoot the little planet, bang. They shot them first. <laughs> anyway. Anyway, back to um, the moon, the Yavin the moon. Um, everyone cheers. And Luke and Han are awarded wards for their bravery. Now, we had Luke... And Han and Chewbacca yeah. going up to get awards for their brave deeds. Ah. Han and Luke get a medal and Chewbacca doesn't oh. even get a bone. 
However, what yeah. about R2? He was the indoor, com no, indoor computer. He's a robot. <laughs> and what about C3PO? Um, he's a robot. What about Leia? Who, she um, was one giving out the awards. Um, okay, um, yeah, you yeah, guys, yeah. Are, I, I mean, a lot of fans are... back and wasn't even giving me a bone. Then yeah. they all stand in frame like if they're being photographed. Yeah, or family Bang. portraits or, yeah, yeah. happy. The end. The end. Fade to black. black. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. Sorry, okay. guys. I... Had not been left much time to talk about anything, and you're well aware. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I just find she this, goes on, I find the story so wonderful that you can't. It can't be cut. You can't really cut out the most anyway, interesting things in this anyway, production. I'm going to skim through some of these things rather quickly. Okay, George had the idea for a space fantasy film in 1971. Okay. Ooh, that long ago. Yeah, after he completed directing the first full-length feature film, THX 1138. Uh-huh. Okay. He wanted to write an adaptation of Flash Gordon, but not, not make it cheesy. He wanted mm. to actually make it in a real movie instead of the cheap serial-type crap. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and he, he couldn't buy the rights for it. Okay, to I can do it that. Because uh, the people who owned it wouldn't sell it and everything else. And, Anyway, the idea was he's he, uh, he under contract, I think, to do two other movies, American Graffiti and another movie. And okay. um, he had trouble selling the space opera <laughs> idea, too. I think anyone mm. who says space opera would get... I don't get, know where I don't opera know if, crap comes from. I don't know if that's a real terminology back it then. It is. They either. call it space opera. But why an opera? There's no singing in it. <laughs> I don't even know if that's another... If that terminology was... Um, if, the, if it has another meaning towards it, it's not know. just... I don't know. Uh, to me, an opera is... Rah, 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 you know, some, some fat old bimbo and a guy singing in a foreign language. You know, no, 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 yeah, no, speaking no, of music, no, guys, no, I do think John Williams' music scores I, no, were John awesome. Williams, off no, the John Williams, he's been a lot, done a lot of movie scores. He's really good. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, you know, artists in different places, Universal and Pictures. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And the idea got shelved initially. Several scripts later, uh-huh. <laughs> he kicked it around over well, the next couple of years. Well, as I told Mike here, it's yeah. usually sometimes scripts like this take even years to get you know um, get established, and it, and usually they may have to change something. Maybe anyway. even it's an actor or an actor's name, a character's name, or something, or even um, a scene in the, in the production. Anyway, they, one of the first treatments they did, they went to Universal Pictures again, uh, studios, and. Um, they financed American Graffiti for him. Right. And they said it could be a very com- a good commercial venture, but they had doubts whether Mr. Lucas could actually pull it off. Ah. So, uh, Francis Coppola brought the project to the attention of Paramount Pictures. Mm. Uh, and they had problems with the idea that Lucas could not direct the film. Jeez. <laughs> Why down uh, Lucas said at that time, I've always been an outsider to Hollywood types. They think I'm a, I'm a weirdo. I, I do weirdo films. Yeah. <laughs> we had THX and you had American Graffiti and stuff. Well, they, 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 they probably didn't consider them to be mainstream in their ideas. Yeah, yeah. Mm, um, that's probably it. Uh, according to uh, a, a guy called Lou Wasserman, uh, the studio head, that's probably Paramount, I just don't think much of science fiction at the time. At that time, I did. Um, it, I didn't think it had much of a future then. 
Yeah, so he's just saying, I don't think it's very good. It's, nobody wants to watch sci-fi movies at the moment. It wasn't popular in the mid-70s. Ha, huh, because they hadn't been doing any decent ones. Maybe 2001, that's better. Blah, blah, blah. It wasn't the standard, st- it wasn't the standard uh, sci-fi, so... Anyway, uh, well, it was different. I get, I granted. But it was shot. It's not shot about the future. It was made about the future. No, it's not. I mean, it's supposed to be a um, a, a, a sci-fi fantasy. Yeah. It's a sci-fi fantasy, totally based in the past. All the other sci-fis had everything new and shiny and plastic and metal yeah. and and this is and they grungy like and old. Considering yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Star Galactica, yeah. that movie um, well, that was done later. I think. Yeah, 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 that was done yeah, years yeah, later. Yeah. But that one, it made out that um, they live in the future, but in reality, when in the story, they mm-hmm. plan on going to Earth because it has similar resources. But yeah. qu- they still, if you watch the TV series, you see that they the people yeah. in the on Earth are still. You know, we're using pretty much our we're Not we're in the using usually using the original the old technology we have yeah, now. Yeah. I'm just saying yeah, that yeah, back yeah. then that in that movie they kind of made out that they were they were they're living in our time, but the Star Galacticas they are ahead of our time. Yeah. Anyway, yeah, go on. When they got this project off the ground, ish, they're estimating eight million dollars. And that's considered to be a low-budget movie along the way as Roger Corman, uh, Roger Corman do it. Keep it simple, yeah. And the idea was um, mm. to keep it in between eight, I think it uh, mm. ended up being about 10 to 11 million. Uh, and, um, yeah, and they they did make up some of the old scenes and other things using old stuff. Yeah, actually, I remember yeah, somewhere yeah. that mm. they used um, an old ice cream making thingy wing and fruit in as a prop. Yeah, probably. Didn't I, I think on the Death Star, that thing that actually uh, set the laser was a film editing uh, machine. <laughs> yeah, that guy. That looks good. Now, if you use that to have all those buttons on it, and a little control mm. there. It looks futuristic. Bung it in. Yeah. Mm. So, they did, yeah, um, inside the Millennium Falcon, that was actually old aircraft parts put together. Yeah, you see. Yeah, yeah, see, so guys, um, um, what they could do yeah. with just a bunch of parts, they didn't have to. Yeah, they they so they used a lot of secondhand stuff there to make it look mm. old and grungy too. Mm. And they, they wanted age on it to make it look different to the previous uh, sci-fi's, which yeah. had everything new, new and sparkly and shiny. Yeah, yeah, which yeah, which yeah. <laughs> Go on. Uh, anyway, um, writing, it took years. He had ideas, he kicked around, and blah, 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 blah. I won't go into it too much, but things... Uh, it just goes on. <laughs> i got too much stuff here to go through in a short, short period of time. But let's just say that he took ideas... Um, like uh, Han Solo was supposed to be a green-skinned monster with gills. <laughs> I think I saw a Close. photo. Han Solo. No, no, sorry. No, no, sorry I thought Han. it was Chewbacca. Uh, no, 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 no. no. Um, and Chewbacca was based on his Alaskan Malamute dog. <laughs> so, yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, and mm. he obviously used yeah, that for, uh, he's Indiana, Indiana dog. Uh, yeah, Indiana Indy. Jones. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you won't go into that. Um, and uh, he, they changed the name. He, he even took some reference, uh, some ideas out of reading books like The Hobbit. I wonder. Monsters yeah. and other things, the fantasy sort of things, and strange places and stuff, and um, what else there? Blah, blah, blah. 
Blah, 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 blah. It's written fourth draft. Oh, wow. the, the fourth, the script would be rewritten for the fourth and final draft, uh, January the 1st, 1976. I bet the um, new ones never didn't bother to do that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was actually called The Adventures of Luke Starkiller. <laughs> as taken from the journal of the Will Saga 1, the Star Wars. Okay. <laughs> I changed it, obviously. Um... Don't go there. Uh, yeah, well, uh, so I won't get too much here because I've got too much. They did a lot of design. They got, they got ideas from 2001 Space Odyssey and different movies such as that. But they wanted to go for a new feel. They didn't, again, they didn't want it shiny and sparkly. So they yeah. got, mm. you think of old western towns and yeah. decrep- you know, decrepit places. Yeah. Just, yeah, remember yeah, when yeah. we did review mm. um, um, Teenagers from Our Space? That oh, one, yeah. mm-hmm. even if even though it's in black and white, the the um the outfits, the um props they used yeah. was um they still looked a bit brand spanking yeah, newish. Know, but that's what it is. Even now. though they used um like you said they used um for equipment they used they used old um um you know old um, speakers probably or yeah, something. Yeah, whatever from, it did. Yeah. Now here's something I, I I noted here in red. Star Wars has no points of reference to Earth. Great. Time or space. Yeah. That. With which we are familiar. And it's not about the future, but some uh, galactic <clears throat> past or some extra-temporal present. It's, it's so you can't fix it. Say it's not in the future, it's not in the past, it's not here. It's It happens somewhere. It's all, yeah. Mm. It's a decidedly inhabited and, and used place where the hardware is taken for granted. Mm. And that's it. That's what George Lucas said. Mm, that sounds basic. And you wanted to make it like it's natural. You just walk in there, yeah, okay, people got ray guns and whatever and blah, yeah, whatever and speeders which float on yeah. Well, so be it. And mm. funny creatures. Yeah. He wanted to make it as natural as possible. Yeah. And he wanted to make it a used future. Not a brand new new brand new sparkly one. Yeah, well that explains why mm. it, the story takes place in on planets we don't even know exist, well, and instead exist, of so instead of well, the usual Earth concept. Yeah. Now, uh, filming. Uh, okay. Here, in 1975, Lucas uh, formed his own visual effects company, Hooray. Industrial Light and Magic. Wasn't that a good plus? Hey, uh, after discovering that 20th Century Fox's visual effects department had been disbanded. Uh, it started, um, yeah, in a warehouse in uh, Van Nuys, or whatever. Wherever whatever, whatever it is. Yeah. Um, it had lots of other different things. They <laughs> obviously bought a little bit of crapo stuff in there. A bit, a, bit, a bit of CGI for the blasters and stuff, but very little. And the lasers, obviously. Laser. Oh, yeah, blasters, lasers, yeah. That's what, yeah, and, and the, yeah, yeah, yeah. Laser sword. Um, now, his style of filming was partly movie storytelling apart documentary style cool that's why a, a, the filming indicated more documentary that's cool ah didn't know so did mm. did you not really uh-huh. I wouldn't know what documentaries were like back in those days but then, then you know, a, lot of, a bit more long shots and a few things and whatever you know, <coughs> and just a bit more static stuff yeah uh, maybe yeah. Uh, someone's walking down here there you go yeah, that sort of stuff, but a bit more long shot. He's probably. I did like l- the long close, shots. L- l- yeah, l- less less close ups, maybe. I don't know, but he did that. Uh, they they did a filming. A lot of the desert work was done in Tunisia over a two week period. They had weather issues and other good groovy things happening there. Nothing new under the sun. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, blah, 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 blah. 
had I had a lot of problems there. Mm. Um, what yeah. film doesn't? Yeah, no, I've got so many things. I had I had something like twenty or thirty pages worth of notes here. I'm scaled down to fourteen. I've still I've still got too many notes. Um, no, I know it. <laughs> oh, here it is. A bit about talking about working in England in studios. Mm-hmm. Now, Alien had problems with uh, <coughs> people's work ethics and sticking to rules and whatever. Here it is. Because of stricter working conditions, filming in Britain had to finish by 5.30pm unless Lucas was in the middle of a scene. He often made requests for more time to shoot, but they were usually turned down. <laughs> Considering he's paying the bloody wages of these guys, it's a nice attitude. Yeah, mm. yeah they, Ridley Scott had the same problem, I think, over there when he was doing Alien. Mm. He had arguments. He, he, he sat some of the guys and different things. things. Things were going very good over there, you know. Mm. Um, Should we rate this movie now, or do you yeah, think... Um, I, I was going to say... Okay. A couple of cinematic and literary illusions. Beowulf and King Arthur come to mind. Um, and other similar storylines he took ideas from. Uh, well, there is some um, mythology and the, and sort the of thing. And there's a bit of <laughs> mythology, guys, after all. Like the fact about, um, about the lone boy from a small town. He, he meets an old man who's like a wizard who teaches him um, the ways of the force. Yeah. And he meets up and tries to save the princess, which I often thought was very romantic. Yeah, now here's something. The Death Star assault scene was modelled after the World War II film The Dam Busters, in which the Royal Air Force had to fly bombers along a uh, heavily defended reservoir to aim bouncing bombs at that dam to break wow. the bus. Uh, I'll show it to you one. That's a good movie. That makes sense. So yeah, it had a very small target to work yeah, on. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. when they, they, they... Someone commented on... Yeah. On Star Wars, this mm-hmm. one, and said um, how much it resembled the the last ending scene, the battle, um, too much mm. like a video game. Yeah. Even though in you said yourself this was based off a, um, a nut about a ba- being a dam being a dam buster that was that yeah. to blow the dam up and they had a had to come down a gully or you know a gorge <laughs> and, and tried to blow the dam up from the water side. And it was heavily fortified. Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing. Yeah. Anyway, uh, Space Audition obviously was remade after Jurassic Park because Jurassic Park used new technology and they thought, oh, we could use some of that to uh, rehone the original movie. So that, that happened. Mm. Now, a quick reception. I, won't, I will not read all the reviews. Yeah, because we already... The majority of the reviews says... It's fantastic. No, they said it's a fantastic movie. A couple of them... I didn't like it. Yeah, I mean, they just don't like sci-fi. So they couldn't understand the movie. But most of them gave it. Even um, Roger Ebert, the guy who goes hot and cold for me sometimes, uh, he gave it. Um, where is it? He, he called the film an out-of-body experience compared its special effects to those in 2001: A Space Odyssey, and opined that the true strength of the film was its pure narrative. Nice. And that comes from Roger Ebert. Now, I, I, I didn't like Roger a lot over in some of his reviews, but sometimes he's spot on, and this one's very much right on the money. Most of the people thought it was a great movie, except mm. for one or two people who I won't even sully your ears with repeating what they actually said because they haven't got no idea. Nope. Um, now, having said that, I will not talk about anything else. Nope. Um, <coughs> yeah. 
I'll leave it with that. I'm going to rate it. Oh, sorry. Where it's available. Yeah, eBay, Amazon, you know. Uh, Everywhere. Other places. Be careful. It's an old movie. Yeah. There are VHS copies out there, and I noticed there's some Super 8 copies out there. Hmm. So don't get the wrong ones, okay? Now, um, now rating it, 10. There you go. <laughs> I'm going to rate it um, 10, ten half, half ten out of 10. 10 half. Now, it's, look, honestly, for when it was made, hmm? with the special effects CGI limitations they hmm. had, and the budget constraints, mm. they did remarkably well. And you've got to take your hat off to George Lucas. Yeah. Um, um, because mm. he started it for everybody else. But people said, look what he did. Mm-hmm. I mean... And he I started agree. the new idea on sci-fis. Yeah. And um, other things like that. Yeah. When I first saw this, um, seen it, um, this was back when I was, say, about seven or six years of age. And oh, when I saw and I saw, saw it, seen it for the first time, I was really blown away by how cool it was, how creepy Darth Vader was, how um, how awesome the um, Han Solo and Luke were, and yeah. I had the fight scene at the end was pretty, really um, a great take on 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 truth of truth, justice, and but, fighting the bad guys. But, so I look at a guy like George Lucas and Steven Spielberg when they got into doing a movie and creating it, and I do mean creating it. Not say, okay, there's a building out, let's mm. do a movie. No, they've created, mm. uh, in this mm. case, a whole new universe for this movie. Yeah. People, mm. ide- uh, uh, yeah, costumes, mm. languages. Yeah. Some people talk plain languages. The robots, yeah. There's so much going on here. And a lot of thought put into it, and they just... I, I wonder where these guys get their imagination from. Me too. The inspiration is fantastic, and you've got to take your head off to guys like George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and others of their ilk because they're just so damn good at what they're doing. And it's a yeah. shame mm. that I'm not saying there's no one to replace them, mm. but I'm, I'm yet to see anybody of their calibre. No, no, uh, no one equally a- adapt to well, yeah, take well, on the um, torch. Well, you look at the good one. You've got Steven? Okay. Go on. You got George. Mm-hmm. Ridley Scott. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another couple. Of, you, you, you know, a couple. Uh, well, not um, sci-fi, obviously. Carpenter. Carpenter. Yeah. John Carpenter. Um, Some other people. And these other guys. Who's going to replace them when they're gone? Yeah. I mean, that's that's a big problem. Yeah. And these guys are marvelous. They got because they're insightful. Because the, yeah, the studios. Yeah, I know Star Wars has become a very big yeah. national. Well-known yeah, thing now. Is, you can have, okay, let's uh, let's just say. Let's, I think Star, is it Star Wars over Disney now? Yeah, Disney owns okay, it now. Say, okay, Disney is a big big studio, right? Yep. And they can produce it. Yep. They're going to get pay someone to write a script. Uh, and get somebody else to direct it who doesn't have a feel for it. They won't have the same end product. No. Might be similar, but they won't have the inspiration that the masters actually mm. had, the ones who actually created it and developed it. Yeah, anyway, mm. um, I wanted to bring up, when they did the 1997 remake <laughs> of it, uh, when I heard about that when I was younger, mm. I was really excited because this will be the, my chance of ever seeing it on the big screen. I mean, I know I saw it a couple of times on in, on the little screen on my television set, but it was great when I when I heard that they were remastering 
yeah. all three movies for and we the went audience. and saw the three movies, didn't we? Yeah, we did, and yeah. I did, and I was really blown away by the new footage and and the new um, scenes here and there, which hey, was exactly. cool. And okay, anyway, um, if that's about it, do you? That's want? about it. Because people want to go to bed. Yeah. Okay, yeah. guys, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and probably next in our next one, we'll be doing the Empire Strikes Back, and then the following one. Return of Jedi. And then we'll give it a break for a while, and yeah. then we'll go and do the other ones. Yes, that'll be about it for us. So, anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed this episode, and be sure to check out um, the Star Wars movies, uh, the old ones, not the new ones. Now, uh, what I would suggest, anyone, if I was going to do it now as a newbie, ha- who hadn't seen the franchise at all, yeah. I'd, actually, I'd actually watch it one, two, three, mm. this one, four, five, and six in a row. Because, I mean, does that to mean we had to watch it for four, five, six, and one, two, three? <coughs> but watching it from one, two, three, bringing the story along in the right chronological, or- chronological order would make it a lot easier for someone to uh, uh, enjoy. Has yeah. I've done a long movie, so do it over a wet weekend. Or yeah. <laughs> anyway, so um, be sure to check out the old ones because the old, old ones do have the old magic, and like, that's how I yeah. feel whenever I watch the news. They've got the George magic. Hey, did Steven Spielberg get involved with these? Or, yeah. um, I don't, no. I know. I don't no, think he so. He, I mean, he mentioned in, that in the Indiana Jones. He mentioned um, the Indiana Jones thing, obviously, yeah, where he mm. um, worked on it during their high yeah, level, their yeah. their Hawaii break yeah, thing. Yeah, when, yeah, but um, yeah. When he didn't attend the film premiere, uh-huh, which mm, is yeah. cool. well, he's, he's probably he's probably felt like oh, it's going to be, it wasn't going to go real good. I don't, I don't care. So yeah, but then he probably but heard he was going through a lot of stress and stuff at the time too. Yeah, and um, maybe just didn't want to be there just in case. Mm. So yeah, just he, in he case he was going to meltdown. Yeah, just in case yeah. they start throwing tomatoes at the no, screen. No, he, he, he was having health issues. <laughs> really? He's, yeah, he, he, he had a so I read, read somewhere um, not depression but <coughs> stress related uh, problems and stuff from from the project and working hard and he he didn't have too many people on his side and he felt alone doing it and stuff and yeah. and the pr- time constraints and budget constraints and just it just got on top of him. yeah but it was yeah. kind of cool when he met up yeah. steve again eventually well that's his mate and uh, that, that, they, they were They're friends f- and stuff that probably energized him a bit yeah yeah anyway that's about it for us tonight yeah, um be sure to check out um new hope when you can and give us your thoughts on it okay Look, I think it's a good... Me- By the way... Go on. When you watch it, don't forget to turn the subtitles on. <laughs> yeah, they might have some hard-coded subtitles there, but when Joe with the Hutt's talking or Greedo's talking to somebody, <coughs> you've got no freaking idea what they're talking about. you just got to go, oh, he's probably not in a very good frame of mind at the moment. Well, it's nice to know the words. Well, yeah. luckily enough, I'm, I'm familiar <laughs> with what they say sometimes because yeah. I've been so... A but they never have any words for Chewbacca. Okay. <laughs> you don't get anything else. You don't say, i got fleas. You got any flea powder? No, it doesn't, nothing like that. No, no, no. I don't think... It, I think audiences just like everyone's reaction yeah. to... By the way, I wasn't going to say this, but Seth Green does robot chicken. No, no don't no, go I'm just there. No, I going to say, no. Robot chickens have been going for quite a few years. Oh, no, gosh. no, and they've done a couple. Forgive me, folks. No, no, sure. Uh, robot chicken Star Wars and their interpretation, their parodies of some of the Star Wars bits, are uh, something to really enjoy. I told him not to talk about this, guys. So if you can get a, gr- a hand on those, have a bit of a snicker at them. They're really funny. They, I didn't, I didn't do anything naughty. I didn't say anything else. They are funny. They're really good. You take take the sh- the. 
I'm, I'm not going to say the S out of um, the um, whole no, franchise. No, it's just a parody. It's just funny. It's just a, they take little bits there. And Seth Green and that, uh, I can't remember his mate, um, uh, Senrich, whatever. Yeah, but, Who cares? Yeah, yeah, whatever. They're really funny guys. Anyway, thanks for listening to our last podcast, everyone. Be sure be to check out the movie and let us know in the comments yeah. what you guys think of I'm it. I'm sure some of you have seen the movie before, but it's maybe a good time to revisit it if you haven't seen yeah. it for a couple of decades. If you haven't seen it, like you've been re-watching all the new ones, um, it's always good to go back to where it yeah. starts. Or even though it, the original one is meant to be four, but it doesn't matter. Don't go through the... The, just the the time frame thingy. Yeah. Just yeah. enjoy the movies. Exactly. As I do. Anyway, thanks for watching. Bye. Listen to our podcast, everyone. Bye, and guys. this is Sarah Stevenson. And Marl. Saying see you guys around. Keep Bye for cool. now. Keep, Bye. keep watching television. <laughs>